CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes... Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Guru. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced people, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. And welcome to another uh, another issue. God, what a week! Um, <laughs> another, you, you, are you ready for the weekend? Uh, unfortunately for me, my weekend's over. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry. Um, welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Smugglers Smugglers Trio. It's the Intrepid Trio. What? I'm getting yeah. I'm getting things all over the place. It is Eric Kylan and me mentally. You er, are Mike. Me physically, not mentally, Mike. How's everyone doing? Doing all right. I'm How about good. you, bud? Well, you already said that. I already mind. said that. <laughs> you Loaded did already question. said that. Loaded question. Maybe um, if I got you a, maybe if I can get you an, an autograph from Johnny Cage, would that help you feel better? Maybe. Uh, I don't know Johnny Cage. I'm just saying. <laughs> so. Um, let's get some business stuff out of the way real quick. Check out the homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net, for our picks of the week, or the POW, uh, for Marvel Madness, to recap Marvel Unlimited picks. Uh, check out two of our sponsors. Supporting them supports us at no additional cost to you, and that is ripped apparel and superhero stuff. Email, because we want to hear from you, which one of my picks was inspired by when my wife and I went to 50s Primetime Cafe earlier today for lunch. And he said, our waiter said he picked up a book that he really liked. So that inspired me to pick this book for this this week's Picks of the Week. And I will get to that when we get to that point. Um, so we want to hear from you with the same type of stuff. You know, what's your picks? Maybe it'll inspire us. Or we'll just add your picks to the week. And that's at MMG at MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Hit us up on Twitter at MarvelGeeks. And on Facebook at MightyMarvelGeeks. There. And two new designs are coming to to T Public. Oh. And I will say one, one... These are kind of comic-related. But since our T Public store covers all three shows... Y'all know the pork logo... It's the blue triangle thing with the word pork in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. How about a, like, egg-shaped one that's got a little brown, a little white, a little yellow, and it says porg. Oh, my gosh. And then another <laughs> one, and then another one, it says porg. It's what's for dinner. Tastes like chicken. The other white meat. <laughs> I thought about doing the other white meat, and I thought, okay, pork, the pork commission will come down on us big time. <laughs> <laughs> 
because that's trademarked. But yeah, yeah. it's yeah. what's for dinner. Yep, it, it kind of is. Tastes like chicken might work too. You well, tastes like chicken is pretty universal, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but, um, maybe because that could be Chick Fil A. That's eat more chicken. And the chicken is misspelled. Okay. More is misspelled, too. There you go. Because cows are illiterate. Well, cows don't have opposable thumbs, so it's kind of hard to, to work the paintbrush. That is true, too. <laughs> so, let's get, <laughs> let's get started with the show. <laughs> I'm not going any further. Mike, Mike, Mike is thoughts like, I, with the I'm intrepid done. trio. Mike is like, you guys, my, my mind is already unstable as this. Yeah. People oh, keep saying, know. running like a scared rabbit. What if the rabbit isn't scared, but just trying to retreat to a better attack for position? <laughs> Oh, I love deep thoughts. <laughs> Long say say unique. Simp step. Oh my god. Why there wasn't oh. This show is not rehearsed, folks. Can you tell? <laughs> we do this stuff live. Yes. Fortunately. Oh my word. Unfortunately. <laughs> for better, for worse. Anyway. Okay. <clears throat> so coming from oh, Screen okay. Crush, coming from ScreenCrush.com, Kevin Feige, I guess, um, I'm not sure where he was at, but according to ScreenCrush.com, the article is, where are the X-Men, or when are the X-Men coming to the MCU? Not soon, says Kevin Feige. Uh, so with Disney buying Fox, Disney owns Marvel, Fox holds the movie rights to the X-Men. So now the X-Men could show up in the MCU, right? Not so fast. Nah, eh, eh. Like, uh, like Lee Corso on SportsCenter would say, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> let's, let's think about this. Will they show up? Quite possibly. Anytime soon? Um, no, because the deal isn't done yet. And even if it was, any mutant shenanigans could be a ways off. At least that's what, and I love how the writer of the story did this, that's what Marvel Grand Poobah Kevin Feige told Vulture. Mmm, <laughs> me Grand Poobah. Poobah. Mutant Grand oh. Poobah. Um, that is cool. That could be show title. Um, let's see where we go Marvel from here. Um, describing the details of the merger as above my pay grade, Feige said he read about the Disney Fox deal in the press just like the fans. He didn't even get an email. And the secrecy has continued since then. Feige's quote, Truth of the matter, as I understand it, is the deal has to be figured out. There's been no communication. We're not thinking about it. We're not we're focusing on everything we've already announced. If and when the deal actually happens, we will start to think about it more. Until then, we have a lot to do. So, X-Men in Avengers 4, not gonna happen. Wouldn't be prudent. Not gonna do it. You know what? I, I, I call shenanigans. That's what I call. Why? Because a year ago, roughly, or was it early last year, somewhere, anyway... They they said the same thing like you know that there there was nothing nothing going on between Fox and Disney you know that the deal the whoever was was off but then boom they said all talks was they said talks had been called off they did not say all they all they said you have to kind of read into exactly what they say right I think that's that, true they were saying that you know there are no talks going on right. 
And that's and, and that's the way it's been. Yeah. And that's true. Like, I know we, so I, I don't know. See, it's almost like I almost feel I'm like, maybe this is one of those things that maybe I, I want to read too much into it. Maybe if I take it at face value, okay. But I know this. I know that Gambit got pulled off the docket already. But I thought we just did a story but, that it was back. It but was. It was back. It's been on and off, on and off, on and off. It's kind of like the relationship between Ross and Rachel on Friends. I mean, it's <laughs> it's kind of one of those. It, it, it's always in some kind of flux. It is. It is. But they now the thing was they lost their director. But then. Uh, like my my wife was researching something and saw that that Gambit has been pulled off the production schedule. Well, that's what what does that mean? Bad, it's not a bad oh, no. thing. Oh no! Do you hear my heart breaking? A little bit. Ha ha ha! Just a skosh. Ah, I'm so sad. <laughs> there could be how do you really feel? But you know, but then again, on 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 the surface, I can see because you know there, there's a lot of movies that are, that are currently being filmed, and there's a lot there's a lot of movies to be filmed, and there's a lot of pre planning and that sort of thing. So even if they even if they did have those X characters, they're going to have to have a reason to fit into whatever movie we're talking about anyway. Right. So yeah, and truth be told, there's really really no reason for them to start planning this stuff in. No, no. I mean, first of all, like like y'all have said, it, it hasn't happened yet. It, you know, for all we know, this deal could go through and you're back to square one and any such planning on incorporating is pretty much wasted effort. It is. It makes good sense to wait until there's valid reason to do it before you do it. Right. Now, having said that, I'm sure there are some some kind of conversations going on. It could just be like over beers and pizza at night. That's true. Or just some kind of, hey, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? Blue sky type conversations. Mm-hmm. But I, I guarantee you, they're not going very far in it. No. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no way, no how. That's not even... It's not that funny either, but <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll we'll just have to see what, what's going to happen, what how things are going to play out, and, and really, when that happens, you're going to have to do it to keep the fans happy. I mean, you're going to have to do it right. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, there are some fans out there. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how long you how how long you you plan it, how much effort you put into it. There are going to be some disgruntled fans that are not going to be happy. They are, you know, and, and they're going to be because, they, I mean, they nitpick over the shade of blue and Cap's uniform. So but it doesn't matter. <laughs> and case in point, you know, if, if they get mad enough, they will try to torpedo movies. Oh. Yes, they case will. in point. Case in point. Mm-hmm. We have a, a certain movie about to premiere for Marvel called uh, you know, Brown Tiger or or Chartreuse Lizard. No, it's Black Panther. That's what it is. Pink Panther Crouching Tiger. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a mental image that's going to linger. No, I, I'm serious. There is a month. Well, there is a month. There are 12 months in a year. No, there. Are, we are just, uh, just a couple of weeks away from Black Panther's premieres. Mm-hmm. And yep. there is a group of 
self-identified DC extended universe fans that are trying to ruin this movie by... What are Ken and Vernon doing now? Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Seriously, this is what they're trying to do. They are trying to destroy Black Panther's Rotten Tomato score and trying to post spoilers everywhere in the internet in, in hopes to get people to not to, to not go see this. They are trying to roots rating. And this event, quote-unquote event, is set to kick off on February 15th, which is the night of the premiere, or the preview night, excuse me, mm-hmm. and will run through the 24th. Now, According to their statement, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give any names. I'm not gonna give any any specific links or anything like that because, quite frankly, this is sad. This is pathetic. And the only reason we're even talking about this is to highlight how sad and pathetic these people are. Mm, 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 mm. According to their statement, this campaign is meant to serve as retaliation against Disney for reportedly, get this, reportedly, quote, paying off the critics that hurt DC Comics on. Film. Uh, okay. DC did it to themselves. No, you can't tell these people that. It's got to be somebody else's fault because you, it, it's impossible to make a bad DC movie. Now, next, you're going to tell me it's Star Wars fans want The Last Jedi not to be canon. Well, you know, this group has also uh, allegedly, reportedly taken responsibility for that. For you know how there's you know, the last Jedi's got a low audience rating. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, they're claiming it's kind of like ISIS. They're claiming all this stuff that bad that happens, and, and who knows? Maybe the maybe this is ISIS masquerading as DC fans. That would make sense. That would make more sense than the face uh, value uh, statement. Uh, that, I, mm. And they and they say they're going to try to do this with Avengers: Infinity War. You know, okay, I just gotta say it. I, I, it's not Disney. Needs fault. It's not Marvel's fault that we're so good at what we do. Marvel, Eric, you say it all the time. Marvel makes movies about people who happen to be heroes. These are stories about people who are living outside of their time, who are rich playboys trying to find a family uh, about um, about yeah. somebody, uh, somebody who has to leave his planet to find his family. You know, it, 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 it's human it, here's, stories. Yes. And this, like you said, this is, this is what I keep saying. Marvel makes movies about people that happen to appear in comic books. Yes. DC is making comic book movies. And there's a difference. There is a difference. There's a big difference. And... And, and fans like these even tried to get Rotten Tomatoes shut down entirely. Which we did talk about that here. Did yeah. talk about because, and, and what is it? They don't like the movies we like. We want them shut down. Wah. Now, mind you, <laughs> Warner Brothers has a stake in Rotten Tomatoes. It is not in their... It, it is not in Rotten Tomatoes' best interest to fabricate bad reviews for movies done by their parent company. No, no. I know what you're saying. You are looking. You you are listening to this on a podcast, or you listening to it on Source of Radio, and and you just want to go like, do not bring your logic here. I'm sorry. This is logic. First of all, Rotten Tomatoes does not fabricate reviews. They do not do reviews. This is an aggregate website. Yep. They don't make the reviews. They just collect the reviews. 
reviews. They average out the reviews. They average out the scores. Right. It is not Rotten Tomatoes' fault that your movie sucks. No. And they just do. You want you want better you want better ratings for these movies? Make better movies. I mean, let's face Wonder it. Woman was a huge step in the right direction. Uh, that, that was. As, Justice League was about four steps backwards. Ezra Miller as the <laughs> How about getting okay. a director? <laughs> okay. Y'all, I'm just gonna saw I'm just gonna call it right here. Do it. If you're part of this group, if you support this group, if you think this is in any way okay to quote unquote retaliate against another franchise. Take them to church, Eric. Then quite frankly, the problem is not with the other franchise. The problem is in Y-O-U. Ooh, no, he did. I did. I think he did. You want to know who's to blame for this? Go look in the freaking mirror. (laughs) Take a long, hard, critical look. Mm. Go ahead. Be judgmental on yourself, because it's a sure bet the rest of us are going to be doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, these movies are meant to entertain. You don't like a particular movie? Freaking don't go see it. Exactly. And this is this is what I'm really I, I have a similar gripe with all these last Jedi haters. You don't like the movie, you have the right to not like that movie. You do not have the right to demand that Disney make it uh you know, remove it from canon. You have no right to demand that they make another one that better fits your head canon. You have no right to try to hurt another film studio because your movies aren't doing as well aka suck mm. I, I mean, mean this you want to open up the urban ahead, dictionary you want to open up the dictionary and you want to look for the word butthurt <laughs> this is the very definition of Zack Snyder <laughs> I mean you can say personally I think having Zack Snyder on for so long was was a mistake yeah, it, definitely it was now granted I enjoyed the Watchmen yes I enjoyed 300. Yes. And Snyder is great for dark, deconstructive movies like that. Right. Sin City, he was perfect for. But then again, Frank Miller stayed on him. Yes. But and here, here is where I, I, th- I think the fundamental uh, another fundamental difference between the two uh, between Marvel and DC. Marvel realizes that one treatment, what treatment works for one character or one group of characters, will not work for others. No, it won't. No, dark and gritty works for Batman. Dark and gritty works for the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Dark and gritty does not really work for Captain America. No. no. Dark and gritty does not work for Ant-Man. No. Dark and gritty does not necessarily work for Thor. No. Now, you can have darker moments. Like, you can have, like, a Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. where Cap finds himself in a dark and gritty political intrigue world. But Cap is still Cap. Right. Right. Cap still stands up for truth, justice, American way. Yes, I know that's DC, uh, you know, intellectual property phrasing, whatever. But he stands for the same things. He does. And, and it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the the mountain says move. You said, no, you move. And that's what made Winter Soldier such a great movie, because he was the man standing up for right. Mm-hmm. And through it all, he still believed he still he was still the noble being 
in on Matt. You have to understand your character. You have to look at your character as more than just a meal ticket. Yes. And see, James Gunn understands the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think, truly, I think that most of the most of the directors in the MCU, whether it be Joss Whedon, um, the brothers that did Civil War, uh, Russo brothers, Russo brothers, yes, thank you, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Um, oh Lord, I'm trying to think who. Uh, oh Lord, who directed uh, First Avenger, Captain America? Uh, wasn't that still oh, Russo wow. brothers? No, it wasn't Russo brothers. But let's tr- let's throw John Favreau in there for Iron Man. John Favreau understood Iron Man. Yes. And I think that that may be the central the central difference. You know, I do say that you know Marvel makes the the movies about people that appeared in comic books, but I think they're able to do that because the production teams get it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, okay, that's that's my soapbox. That's my rant. <laughs> DC fans, you should be ashamed. Yeah. And, and 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 I say that it sounds like I'm making just a blanket statement lumping all DC fans in with this. I said, no, no, that's not the case. If you're a DC fan, and I do like DC, not as much as I like Marvel, but I do like DC. Mm-hmm. I am ashamed to tell people that when I see stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And really, this is kind of like it's kind of like DC fanhood. Call your nuts. These are the lunatic French. Yeah, don't shut these people down and, and prove to the world y'all are not all like that. So there you go. Mm. Off, off the off the soapbox. <laughs> Wow, man, that's kind of hard to follow. Well, I'm gonna try. <laughs> I think you should but try. I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna give it a shot. Tell me something uh, good. Tell me. Tell me something about Venom. I, Venom well, yeah, something I, good. <laughs> so here's something good, uh, uh, and this comes from uh, a tweet from Tom Hardy. Venom has done this principal filming. It's, it's done. It's, the filming has wrapped. Uh, and uh, and so and they were filming in Atlanta. Uh, that that's they started at the end of October. Uh, uh, so uh, and so it took. So apparently a couple of weeks ago, um, Ruben Fleischer, uh, the director, had uh, revealed a behind the scenes look uh, at the San Francisco set. So they so they were man. They went cross country. They went from Atlanta all the way to San Francisco. Uh, so if you go, if you follow Tom Hardy, uh, you will see some pictures from behind the scenes, as well as the, him with the crew uh, in and around uh, San Francisco. Now, uh, to address some rumors that had come up a couple of weeks ago about the uh, about Tom Holland being in the movie there's no confirmation of that at all uh, so number one if he is we don't know if if he's gonna be in the movie as spider-man or if he's gonna be in it as Peter Parker or if he's even in it at all also rumored to be in it is Woody Harrelson I do not know what character Woody would be playing but so he's gonna be so- playing his cheers character again. You know what? That'd be funny if he did. I would love that. <laughs> so, 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 Woody moves from Boston and, and decides he wants to uh, tend bar out in San Francisco. I could totally see him do that. <laughs> uh, but um, so, so yeah. So that is that is it. And um, so, uh, although their Venom sh- is is set to be released 
on October 5th of this year. Uh, um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm excited. I would love, love, love for this to be part of the Spider-Man canon. Um, I know at least it's, hey, I know that there's the question of, are they going to actually do this as part of Spider-Man canon or it's going to be a completely separate entity into itself? I personally, I love to see it as part of Spider-Man canon. At the same time, I'd be itching to see Agent Venom as well. So, yeah. yeah. Well, just think, I mean, if, if they do make this part of the MCU, mm-hmm. could eventually have Agent Venom going into space and joining up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy, just like in the comics. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. That would be that would be a killer. See, I'm kind of liking that idea. That would be entertaining. Yeah, but you know, this is something we might have to shrink down and think about. <laughs> oh, I really? see what you're talking about there, and I, and you probably I, yeah, be. I see what you're. And this trailer now. Now we haven't we haven't been talking about Black Panther trailers here on the show today because. Uh, Kylan has asked us to do like a, a trailer moratorium or trailer embargo, if you want to want to call it that, because the man is just so pumped for the movie to come out that he can't take anymore. I, so, I watched the first two trailers and that was it. I don't. I cut myself off. I don't want to see anymore. I want to be wild. So here we go. We're going to talk about the new trailer, but we're not going to talk about Black Panther trailer. So that's a good thing. We are going to be talking about the Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer that has come out. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, another good thing about the, the, the MCU, they have awesome trailers. Yes, they do. I mean, have we ever been underwhelmed by an official trailer? No. 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 Okay. Okay. This is just the latest thing. Because you have, well, first of all, you have a Civil War tie-in in this trailer where they're talking about, uh, where where, uh, where Scott is talking to Hope. He said, you know, if I had called you, would you have come? You know, would you, would you have joined in help? She says, I guess we'll never know. But if I had been there, you wouldn't have gotten caught. <laughs> that, that's kind of a sick burn right there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'll tell you, we're not going to break it down scene by scene, but overall, this is kind of... This is the most comic bookish movie. This from the trailer. This seems to be the most bookish movie that we've seen come out of Marvel yet. Well, the the whole the the first movie was the same way. Yeah, but I mean, this is kind of like dialing the knob to eleven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, I mean, you see, just going hog wild with the pim particles with with the resizing. You see. And, and this, I swear to you, this this is almost like straight out of the Sword in the Stone, where Merlin packs up his entire house into one little clutch bag. That was funny. That, that was, was funny. Where you see, you know, his lab building, his entire building shrunk down, and he pulls up a little carry holder and just wheels it along like it's a carry-on luggage. That was great. That was great. Now, and I bet y'all didn't notice this. There is a scene where you where you're seeing in the lab where it looks like. Uh, you know, a, a mechanism with three rocket engines. Mm-hmm. Off to the right, behind some glass, you see what looks to be a giant Duracell battery. Yeah. Think about that. Hank Pym powers his entire lab with a double A. Wow. Well, when it's blown up to that size. Yes. But just just the thought of that's how he does it. It's just kind of like he's off the grid because he's got giant battery power. That's insane. And when they're in the, they're trying to get 
get away from the 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 biker ninjas or whatever they are uh, they shrink their car down yeah. drive up underneath an SUV and then relarge it yeah that that was classic so I it just that. throws off the other one I I had enjoyed that one yeah that, yes and, and hello Kitty. Yes, taking out bikers with a Pez dispenser. A Pez dispenser. You, you just toss at. a Pez dispenser out the back and then zap it up large, and suddenly it becomes a, a, a giant plastic battering ram. <laughs> it, these two characters have the potential to be far more powerful than we give them credit for. And that's true. And just with that, and I'm sorry. I cackled out loud when Scott and Hank are just sitting there watching watching Hope in, in action. He says, you gave her wings? Yeah, and a blaster. So you, you must not have had that tech when, when you were making my suit. No, I had it. <laughs> and the look on Scott's face when he says that, it's just... Uh, you, no, I had it. Yeah. Uh, what about so, me? Yeah, exactly. But here's another thing. Here's another thing. We get to see we get to see the bad guy in this in, in this trailer. It is the ghost. Now, yeah. granted, when you see her, and yes, this is a her, uh, it looks like one of your player characters from Destiny. I mean, seriously, it does. It looks kind of like a yeah. looks kind of like a hunter. You expect to see a ghost hovering around ghost. But uh, actually, Ghost goes back 30 years. Uh, he first showed the original Ghost was a guy. He uh, he showed up in uh, Iron Man uh, number 219. And we don't know his story very well because it's uh, it's kind of told secondhand. And there's a question about how to clearly, you know, they were the the facts were relayed to him. Basically, uh Ghost is a world class hacker because he because he's got unique microchip technology that he invented and uh, he he calls him he calls himself cyberpathic which basically means kind of like in Shadowrun he could just jack into a computer and and basically hack it from there. Now uh, the microchips they could become intangible which prevented them from overheating and by by association it gave Ghost's suit the ability to like become intangible as well which basically allowed the ghost to walk through laws okay um so basically this is kind of like the ultimate corporate espionage agent so it makes sense that the, the ghost is coming after hank pym's secrets right <laughs> right hank pym's tech okay um now the lady that's playing her is named Hannah John Kamen. Uh, she was in Game of Thrones. She was in Star Wars: Force Awakens. But uh, you mainly see in here as a voice actress. You know, like in Dark Souls. Uh, uh, she will be in the Tomb Raider reboot. She will be in Ready Player One. Uh, she was in uh, Black Mirror. Uh, let's see here: The Chemical Brothers, uh, The Ark, which is a TV movie. Uh, Dark Souls 2 said a lot of TV series and a lot of video games, but she, well, she should be good with this. Right. I have faith in Marvel's casting abilities. Yes. Yeah. They, they've proven themselves. Even to the times I've questioned, I, I, I admit, I questioned Paul Rudd and I was wrong. <laughs> I, I think a lot of us questioned Vin Diesel. Yeah. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Dave Jr. Batista. Yep. I really didn't question Robert Downey Jr. because, let's face it, the man has had kind of a shady past. That's true. And, and that he kind of fits. He kind of fits the 
Well, we know this now, but at the time, I thought that he could fit the Tony Stark personality. It, and wow, yeah. didn't does. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, again, the production crews, the production teams, they get the material. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. I think this, as much as I'm looking forward to Infinity War and Black Panther, I think I'm looking forward to this every bit as much. Yeah. Despite what they say, it's going to be a great film. Uh, it, oh, was, yeah. it was a surprise um, with the first one, and it did well. I think this one's going to be just as much of a surprise. Mm-hmm. So oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's another surprise that we've had going on, and it's coming into Black Panther. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, and uh, for those, not, and I've seen a couple of the trailers, and I we we all know that that T'Challa's family figures somewhat, pri- primarily his sister, figures in heavily in the movie um, and in the comics she does as well um, so at least in the movie she is the one who created his suit she's the one who figured out how to fit it all in his necklace and you know what she is and this is a quote uh, uh, from let's see uh, this, this is a quote from an article on uh, comicbookresources.com uh, as far as the techno- technologically advanced side in our minds and in, in our incarnation Shuri is the head of the Wakanda design group more said uh, during a visit to the film set by Screen Rant she's the smartest person in the world smarter than Tony Stark but she's a 16 year old girl which we thought was really interesting again uh, black faces in positions of power or positions of te- technological know-how that's a rarity so it's something that's a big part of the film so another thing I didn't realize that they were going to actually play her young i like that um so you know the thing is uh and we were talking about this uh before the show uh so we know no we know that the people who who read the comics uh would be familiar with shuri and the people who um who are who will see the movie they're gonna be familiar with her as well but you know we're thinking that the people who who, who's uh, experienced with um black panther is either strictly from uh, the Marvel animated shows or from Civil War, uh, you're, you're not really uh, you're not really up on much of the uh, T'Challa's world outside of him being the king of Wakanda. Because uh, I mean, we don't we're not even introduced to the Malaji Dora um, in in Civil War, and we're, they, which they're going to figure heavily in Black Panther as well, which I'm excited about that. But um, so Shuri is the princess of Wakanda. Now she's a fairly new character she was introduced in may of 2005 in um marvel comics black panther number two um that may have been no that was after marvel knights uh that was after the marvel knights run um but she later ends up becoming uh she ends up taking over the mantle of black panther uh after t'challa was attacked uh by the cabal and left uh, left coma in a comatose state and so she is 
not just really smart, but she is a world class warrior on the on the level of her brother. Uh, so I'm excited to see this character. I'm excited to see that she is going to have a somewhat prominent role in the movie. Um, and who knows? Who knows where this may mean for her? I mean, if there's, yeah, we we may see her working with Tony Stark at some point because you know I'm sure Tony is well, Tony would love to try to get some type of invitation to Wakanda so he can get an idea of what their technology is like because I get the feeling they. Probably have a higher level of tech than what is that? Whatever is going on in well, Stark Tower is no longer Stark Tower, is it? No, that kind of happened. Uh, what? That was Civil War, Age of Ultron. Eight, was it Age of yeah. Ultron? Age yeah. of Ultron was is Avengers Tower, and right, then, but then the, they moved to the compound and right. So, so uh, yeah, so we really don't even know what Tony's doing right now. Um, you know, after Civil War, I mean, you know, the, then I would say, you know, the 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 end of series kind of touches on a couple of things, but it kind of goes its own separate route. So. You know, this is something else that I'm excited. I, I get the feeling that we may see something of what Tony is up to. So I, I would love to see Tony and Shuri work together. I, I that want would it. be nice. It, it would have echoes of Iron Man and Riri Williams. Yeah, and see, that's yeah. the feeling I'm getting. Um, especially with I mean, because Riri is, I think Riri is about 16 as well. She's about the same age. It's kind of like uh, for the MCU version of Shuri, they've taken Shuri from the comics, Riri Williams from the comics, and Moon Girl from the comics. Yes. And and all three, very smart. All three, very young. All three girls. Yeah. And you know, and and all all three are, all three can probably backward engineer a power suit. (laughs) So, well, well, we know one can. I know one can. Yeah, we know one can. No, I I think this is I think she's a great character in and of herself. But considering considering the implications that we now have, we are about to have our first African American or African yeah. uh, superhero as a lead character, yeah, as true. the title character. True. Yes. I mean we've they we've we've had black people in characters in supporting roles, and they've been good roles. Yeah. They've been good characters. I mean, I, I think Heimdall is vastly underrated in the Thor movies. You've yes. got you've got Sam Wilson, who actually the MCU Sam Wilson, the MCU Falcon is really the only Falcon that I've really cared about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I agree I because agree. This, they he, they make him. Uh, I don't know what to say. They make him worthy of being a hero in his own right. I mean, he, I mean, he said it himself in he said himself in, uh, in um, Winter Soldier. He says, "I can do everything he do just a little slower." <laughs> yeah, yeah and he doesn't. Here it is. He doesn't have a sidekick feel to him. No, he doesn't. No, does, he does not feel like a sidekick. The mm-hmm. one in the comics, the one in the cartoon, it, he's always felt like a sidekick to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I realize that's not fair. It was, in the seventies, it wasn't so much. I, I, like, I remember reading uh, Captain America and Falcon uh, as a kid, and it didn't feel, at least as a kid, I got that sense of equality. But it seems like later, mm-hmm. later he became he became like Cap's sidekick, and then you know when when. And then when Falcon went off to do whatever he was doing, then we got 
Pride Nomad as the sidekick. So yeah, it was like yeah, but it, but in this case, like the MCU, I agree with you that MCU version of Sam Wilson is I I will go I will walk into a Falcon movie and it'd be you know I'm like okay, is it, I, uh, it would make sense to me because he's a hero in his own right and he can carry mm-hmm. a movie by himself. Yes, right. he's not. He's not cap sidekick, you know. Um, or so, uh, no, go ahead. No, I'm just. I'm just agreeing with you. Or uh, and you know, and Nick Fury, which uh, we we've all we've all eaten our vegetables and no, we do our homework and uh, we try to go to bed on time, but none of us have gotten a Nick Fury movie. And, and the but, way Kylan describes that, Nick Fury is Hulk Hogan, brother. <laughs> I mean, we are getting him back in Captain in Captain Marvel. I was about to say Captain America. We're getting him back in Captain Marvel. I thank goodness. And it feels like it just just the news that we're getting him back. It it all of a sudden it feels like our favorite uncle who has been away <laughs> for years and years. Yes. It's kind of like Uncle Nick's coming to visit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he'll bring his flying car? I I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. think so. No, no, son. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I want to be like Uncle Nick when I grow up. No, you don't. Please, no. <laughs> well, speaking of Uncle Nick. Agents of Shield is going to be going on hiatus this month. Ah, uh, but didn't they say that they weren't going on hiatus? Uncle Phil's going away now. Well, according to MCU Exchange, um, one of the one of the bonuses of Agents of Shield premiering in December as opposed to September because of Inhumans. Um, was that production had ample time to film more episodes, resulting in an uninterrupted season air date. Well, that was the thing we were promised originally when this was announced. Sadly, a new report indicates this is no longer the case. Season 5, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will indeed have a hiatus come February, thanks to a little event happening over on NBC. Yeah. Um, could it be... Could it be I don't know. Okay, don't. I can't. Don't I can't. Rem- I can't remember the rest of the Olympic theme to do it. Do I have to keep going? Yes, keep going. Silver. Oh, there you go. Hail Hydra! Um. So, according to comicbook.com, either ABC is slated to either air reruns or something completely different until the end of the month. So, no Lighthouse Space Escapades until we get to March. Uh, Agents of of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s 100th episode is set to air. 100 episodes. I remember that once. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Um, Times did we we would never get there. It's said to air on March 9th when the show returns. So, um, I kind of make sense. Do you, you know, with a show that in their minds is considered a little weak, do you really want to try and go up against the Olympics? Especially on a Friday when that's when the heavier sports are going to be playing honestly i don't think you would want to go up against the olympics regardless no you don't and that's just it's mainly just because it's the olympics it's respect yeah i mean it's it's just something that 
It is respect. It is also the knowledge that yeah, you're not going to get you're not going to get good ratings. Nothing really is going to get good ratings. No, it's, it's like trying to put something on, something new on during the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah, there there's the Super Bowl, and there's pretty much disposable programming everywhere else. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's almost like you know the the puppy bowl. They put it on just because they know it doesn't matter what they put on. It, the the ratings are going to stink. So I, yes, I know that we were promised it, and yes, I am a little disappointed that you know, hey, we're not going to get the promised full season. But I, I think ABC forgot. Oh yeah, we don't have the Super Bowl or we Winter I, Olympic year. Yeah, I, I can't fault them for this. I really can't. No. Nope. no. And plus, it'll give me a chance to get caught. <laughs> there you go. This is true. So I think, what, this week is the last week? Yeah. And yeah. then next week starts the hiatus. Yeah. So, well, that can only mean one thing. Yes. Which, wrong window just popped up. But... That's the picks of the week. Uh, I want to thank the Shazbots for the use of their song, The, Co- the Comic Book Shop. Um, Kylan, why don't you go first since you've got the MU pick this week? Okay. Um, all right, great. Let's see, because uh, my computer loves me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you like how we're talking about how, like, right when you need something, and all of a sudden, and that app decides that it's not going to work. Yeah. See, um, hold the, on. We're, this, we're, is where, this is where I can still do, like I've been doing all night, which I get it from my mother. Honestly, my computer loves me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, we didn't sing that song work. much at Hebrew school. You didn't? No. Oh, uh, wow. It's, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, we're okay. We're, we're, I think we are okay. Somewhat. I'm okay. You're okay. We, we're, we're all okay, right? Yes. Because, see, you know, see, it loved me earlier tonight is what it was. Um, well, I do know that I have three picks, and my first pick of the week is Iron Fist. I just got to get the number. Um, oh, my God. I'm dying. Um, <laughs> hey, how about just come back to me? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Eric, why don't you go next? Okay, my uh, first pick of the week is a number one. It is Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock, number one, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Aaron Cooter, uh, who also did the cover art. Adam Warlock is back, reborn from the realm of the dead. Adam has come seeking the Soul Stone. And doesn't Wolverine have the, the Soul Stone now? Does he? I, uh, he's I got so. one oh, yeah, of them. Yeah. I think it might be. Yeah, because he got resurrected, didn't he? Uh huh. Yep. yep. How the heck does that happen? Don't know. Hashtag comics. Uh, and do you really want Wolverine with the Soul Stone? No. <laughs> Better than Thanos. Now, my first pick comes from a recommendation from the waiter I had at 50's Primetime Cafe this week. Uh, his name is JL. And he said he picked up issue one. And I had informed him because I knew this was already one of my picks. So I'm glad he recommended it because it backs me up on it. Um, he picked it up last month. And I told him, well, you know, it comes out this, it comes out next week. Um, Rogan Gambit number two. Writer is Kelly Thompson. 
artist is Per Paris. Um, Ring of Fire Part 2. Rogue and Gambit dig deep into their past in therapy to maintain their cover, all while snooping around after hours for clues about missing mutants. What will they unearth about themselves in this paradise? Mean curtains for their relationship or bring them closer than ever? And what discovery straight out of a horror movie has Rogue and Gambit wishing they had never agreed to this mission in the first place? Wow. And this is number two of five. Okay. Now, ouch, I'm ready. Okay. So you can go back to back. I can go back back okay so my first pick iron fist number 77 uh the writer is ed brisson the artist is mike perkins cover artist is jeff decal saber round two part five choshin's crew is wreaking havoc in the heavenly city and it's going to take the combined might of iron fist saber and the residents of kun lun to stop them but will choshin convince kun lun citizens that he is their true champion iron fist desperate plea will bring Kunlun's greatest defenders back to the fight. Okay. And then now let's follow that up with number two. Black Panther, Sound and Fury, number one. Wow, here we go. Writer is Ralph Macchio. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Uh, the artist is Andrea DeVito, and the cover artist is Andrea DeVito. Panther versus Claw. The fantastic technology of Wakanda comes to Dubai, but when the villainous Claw launches a plot to extort billions from the citizens of the city, T'Challa's diplomatic mission becomes a search and rescue for the Black Panther. Written and illustrated by industry legends Ralph Macchio and Andrea DeVito, the sound and the fury puts the Black Panther on a mission that will test his prowess against his long-standing nemesis, as well as three new villains, Block, Garrett, and Shin Yu, featuring a special presentation of Fantastic Ford number 53, featuring the earliest conflict between T'Challa and Claw and the introduction of Vibranium. Okay. So, Eric, your... My number number two pick pick is Spider-Man Deadpool number 27, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Chris Piccolo. Spider-Man versus Deadpool part four. Peter Parker and Wade Wilson are in their 80s and live in the same nursing home. Wait, what? The madness of this book gets a brief interlude in the form of a story from the future. But this is not a throwaway issue. This issue is the first prelude to the biggest Spider-Man and Deadpool story of all time that will come to fruition in July of 2018. Do not miss it. Wow. Well, my second pick of the week is a trade paperback. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, y'all. Volume 1, Squirrel Squirrel Meets World. 14-year-old Doreen Green moves from sunny California to the suburbs of New Jersey. She must start a new school, make new friends, and continue to hide her tail. Yep, Doreen has the powers of a squirrel. After That's just not- After failing at several attempts to find her new BFF, Doreen feels lonely and trapped, like a caged animal. And then one day, Doreen uses, his, uses her extraordinary powers to stop a group of troublemakers from causing mischief in the neighborhood. And her whole life changes. Everyone at school is talking about it. Doreen contemplates becoming a full-fledged superhero. And the squirrel girl is born. Can Doreen balance being a teenager and a superhero? And this is written by Shannon Hale. So, it's Squirrel, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Volume 1, Squirrel Meets World. 
<laughs> so on to yeah. our third picks. Uh, all right, my third and final pick is Daredevil number five ninety eight. The writer is Charles Soule. The artist is Ron Garney, and the cover artist is Dan Moore. Mayor Fisk part four. While Mayor Fisk continues his crusade against vigilantes, a new player joins the resistance against him. Okay, Eric, your final pick of the of the week. Okay, uh, my final pick of the week, and this is a week where the intern really uh, they got paid for doing not a lot this week uh, because there's just not a lot to talk about on these. Uh, I am picking as my third pick Spirits of Vengeance number five of five written by Victor Gishler, art by David Balderon and cover art by Dan Mora. War at the Gates of Hell, Part 5. Necrodomus's forces have disrupted the Covenant, and there's hell to pay. Okay. Well, my final pick of the week is Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, Volume 2. Dr. Aphra, Enormous Profit. It's a trade paperback. Aphra's back with a new plan that's guaranteed to pay. There's one teensy problem. It involves surrounding herself with some of the galaxy's biggest baddies, and they do not like the not-so-good doctor's tricks. Her mission is to make quick credits by auctioning off an ancient Jedi artifact. So, there we have it. All right. So, let's move on to our Marvel Unlimited pick. Okay, and my Marvel Unlimited pick is... Uh, I stumbled across this some years ago and looked out in my comic shop. It had all four issues together. So personally, I would suggest bring these all as one volume, but I'm going to just go over the first one. So this is Iron Fist Wolverine it's from the year 2000. Uh, number one, uh, the... The cover is, uh, the penciler is Jamal Eagle, and the writer is Jay Faber. Okay. The Return of Kun Lun Part 1. One of Marvel's unlikeliest duos joins forces in Japan. After his love, Misty Knight is captured by the Hand. Iron Fist must travel to Tokyo to kick Ninja Tail. Will the Hand succeed in bringing the mystic city of Kun Lun to mere mortals? Wolverine lends Danny Rand a hand, plus three adamantium claws. <laughs> you said this came out what year? This was back in 2000. I I came across it maybe a few years ago as a uh, like like you know how like some comic shops will put a complete run together yeah they, yeah yeah so that's what my shop did and because I, I never even I I somehow missed this this was somehow off my radar. But yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't want Wolverine and Iron Fist after me. I wouldn't want either one of them after me, but the two of them together, yeah. And ninjas, so there's that. Okay, well, that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Any final thoughts? I have one final thought, and this is just a a, a brief, tiny one. Uh, we, I think, if you remember, uh, in Thor Ragnarok, Thor had Mjolnir, well, you know, Mjolnir got crushed right, and destroyed. And so in Ragnarok, he's like fighting around with swords and maces and all that kind of stuff. Well, we may have a glimpse into uh, his replacement for Mjolnir. And this is in the form of a Funko Pop figure from, you know, tie-in to Avengers Infinity War. Oh, wow. We haven't He's holding toys and collectibles in a while. Yeah, well, we're talking toys and collectibles now. We're talking the Funko Pop Thor that has him holding an axe. 
Interesting. A, a double-headed axe, and this could very well be a, a signal that we are going to see the MCU version of Yarnbjorn. Yeah. And that is the weapon he wielded before he got Mjolnir. See? And this is also the one that he went back to wielding after the events in, uh, I believe it was Re- Original Sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Where he was deemed unworthy to lift Mjolnir. So he goes back to Yarnbjorn. So it's going to be interesting to see yeah. what he can and cannot do with Yarnbjorn as opposed to Mjolnir. Because we know he, what he can do with that. Right. Hey, you know what the, the and uh, the crazy thing with that? Uh, I okay. So for Christmas, somebody gave me a comic book uh, trivia calendar, and, and I think on Wednesday it's gadgets, uh, gadgets, devices, that sort of thing. I'd never even heard of Yarnbjorn until Wednesday, and so for it to come up again later in the week like this, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, according to uh, according in the comics. And all that. It's a dwarven forged battle axe. The same dwarves that forged Mjolnir forged this axe. And uh, yeah, I mean, apparently there's some uh, there. There's a lot of history with it. It's uh, naturally it's sharper than almost any earthly weapon. Okay, can cut virtually anything. So basically, it's like a lightsaber, and it's uh, it's indestructible, like like Mjolnir was supposed to be. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to add one more thing because I I saw this come across my email. Uh, At time of this recording, Stanley rushed to the hospital. Oh, no. According to TMZ, Stanley has been rushed to the hospital in California after falling ill at his home. Uh, They say that Lee was suffering from shortness of breath and irregular heartbeat. Um, There is an update to this. A spokesman for Lee has commented on his hospitalization. His camp says he's doing well and feeling good. He is staying there for a few days for some checkups as a safety precaution. So... Okay. Uncle Stan, get well soon. Amen. Amen. So, anything else? No. No. Aside from get well soon. Yeah. Then, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? No, just time to go dark. So do you think Ant-Man and Wasp will size up? I think they'll grow on it. <laughs> with, with, with Eric's reaction, I, I think he's kind of belittling us. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, that's the larger, the smaller, the matter. I mean, what else can you say? You guys really are bugging me with these puns. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I, th- I think that was a stinger. Well, we're just kind of winging it, you know. Yeah. Well, this is true. 